given me a message entitled, A Life That Has Been Changed. A Life That Has Been Changed. It's found in Luke chapter 19. If you would, turn in your Bibles there this evening for a little bit. I don't know how long it's going to be or how short it'll be. Something that the Lord gave me this afternoon as I was at the house. And my wife was supposed to preach tonight, but because this message, I felt like God saying I want it preached immediately. So my wife was understanding and letting me do this. So next Sunday night, she'll probably be the one preaching. But today, this evening, this is the message for the hour, I believe. If you found it, Luke 19, I ask you to stand with me and honor God at the reading of his word tonight. The first ten verses of the chapter. Verse 1. I'm reading out of the uh, New Living Translation. That's what it is. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He is going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We ask that you penetrate our hearts with it. We ask, dear God, that you help us to receive what the Holy Spirit desires to teach us tonight. Let us let him have free reign and rule over this entire service. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated tonight. Hallelujah. I've been want a champion at the bit to preach this message tonight. You know, the Bible talks about in the first few verses that we read that this man's name was Zacchaeus and that he was a chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. The reason he had become very rich was because he was cheating people. He was charging them more than what they actually had to pay to the Roman government. But you know what? People didn't look too favorably on this guy. Not because he was cheating them, they may, have, may or may not have known he was doing that. But what they didn't like was the fact that he felt like he was a traitor. He was working for the occupational Roman government. 
In other words, he was working for, quote unquote, their enemy, and they didn't like that. So he was treated as a social outcast as well as a political outcast. In other words, he didn't he was not looked favorably upon. But you know what? It didn't matter. Because Jesus was about to change all that. But we're gonna what I'm gonna say all about this first though is this. And that was that Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus, it says. In other words, he had a, a, a desire to get a good glimpse of Jesus. He had an interest in Jesus. And that's what we need, folks. We need to be sure that we have an interest in Jesus. And, and we need to do whatever it takes. In this case... This guy had, it says he was so short. I don't know if he was the first midget in the, mentioned in the Bible or not, but it says he was so short he couldn't see over the crowd. So what he did was he ran ahead before Jesus got to that spot, and he climbed a fig tree. It was a sycamore fig tree, and he climbed it just so that he could get a glimpse of Jesus when he walked by. And I tell you what, there's not too many people that would go to all that length to see somebody, unless they had a real keen interest in that person. Unless they wanted to, to find out what this guy was really all about. And I think that's what Zacchaeus' heart felt that day. I think Zacchaeus was being stirred by the Holy Spirit to get a glimpse of Jesus so that Jesus could do something for him. Anyways, whatever the case was, this guy goes ahead and does all this stuff. And we need to do whatever it is we need to do in order to get that same glimpse of Jesus. That may mean that we've got to stop watching so much television. That may mean we actually got to stop playing so much golf. <laughs> that might mean that we've got to do other things or, or do other, you know, to, in order to get that glimpse of Jesus in the spiritual realm so that we can make our relationship with him stronger than what it's ever been before. He desires to fellowship with us. He desires to talk with us. He desires to, to the Bible says in uh, Revelations, I believe it's in Revelations chapter 3 around verse number 20. Let me turn to it real quick and I'll tell you. I believe it is. It's Revelations chapter 3. in just one second. I'm almost there. It says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. That's what it says, according to the New Living Translation. And I tell you what, I need Jesus in my life. I don't know about you, but I need him. I can't live without him. He's, he's my all in all. And I, I enjoyed the singing that we did tonight. You know, it was lively. It was, it was interesting. It kept my interest. And it helped me to worship the Lord. And it prepared my heart for this message tonight. In other words, that's what praise and worship is all about, folks. It's not just that we get together and we listen to songs and we sing songs we know and maybe learn a few songs new here and there. That's not what praise and worship is all about. Praise and worship is about penetrating your heart. 
In other words, you need to, to, to let it soften you inside so that you can have a desire for the Word of God after the song worship is over with so that the Spirit of God can take that Word and move in your life in such a manner that it changes you. I tell you, that's why we gather together. We don't want to stay the same. I know I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I am not satisfied with the status quo in my life. Let me say that again. I am not satisfied with the status quo in my life. And I shouldn't be the only one here tonight feeling like that. Because we should all have that heart's desire to become more like Jesus in our everyday living. And we need to be willing to sit at the feet of Jesus, drink from the cup in his hand, lay it back against him and breathe. And, 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 and we need to do that tonight, folks. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to, to take what's being preached tonight and internalize it. In other words, it needs to become a part of our life. That means that I start living by what I'm hearing. Because that's what happens whenever you really love God. When you really love the Lord, you begin to want to do His will. You begin to want to live in accordance with his word. And if you can show me where I'm in error tonight, I will be the first one to, to apologize and admit my fault. But I don't think there is any, because I'm just preaching what the word of God has to say. This guy, Zacchaeus' life, needed to be changed, and the only one that could change it was going to be Jesus. And so we need to understand tonight, folks, that first of all, he had cultivated a desire for Jesus. And we need to do the same. We need to cultivate that desire for Jesus, draw nearer to Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to move in our life the way that he wants to. Amen. And then it goes on to say in verse number 5, when, he, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. In other words, you've got to remember and realize something, folks. God is omniscient, which means that he knows everything. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows your name. You don't even have to tell him who you are. I've heard some TV shows saying like, God, this is so-and-so, and if you're real... Do such and such. Well, you know what? God doesn't have to have you tell him who you are. Because he knows who you are. He knew who Zacchaeus was. I don't believe that there's a place in scripture before this that he had ever encountered Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus had never encountered Jesus. Because why else would, would Zacchaeus be so keen on getting a glimpse of Jesus if he had seen the man before. So here it is. He's got such a keen desire for him that he goes and climbs that tree. And when Jesus comes to that spot, he, he not only knows your name, but he knows where you're at. Let me say that again. He not only knows your name, he knows where you're at. He knows what's going on in your life. He, he knows that, that he knew that Zacchaeus was up in that tree. And it says he looked up and told him to come down. Well, guess what? He does, but before he does that, 
he he probably was very excited in the fact that he was even being called by the Lord to come down. Just like the blind man Bartimaeus was sitting along this roadside begging until he heard it was Jesus passing by. And then he shouts, Son of David, have mercy on me. The people tried to quiet him down. They said, hey, hush. He, said, he don't have time for you, just cool it. But you know what? says that he hollered all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all of a sudden, Jesus calls to him. Same thing here. He calls for Zacchaeus to come down out of the tree because he wants to spend time with him. Did you know that Jesus wants to spend time with you today? He does. He's not so busy that he doesn't have time to come by and, and visit you. You know, there's a song we sometimes call that says, Reach out and touch the Lord. We need to do that tonight, folks. We need to take just a moment out of our life tonight before we leave, which we're going to do. We're going to pray here in a little while when I'm finished. <clears throat> when the Lord is finished. Let me correct myself. When the Lord is finished, He's going to have time. We're going to need to spend some time seeking His face. Did you know the Bible says that we should seek his face and that actually means to seek his presence? We need to find a time every day of our life in which we can spend with Jesus. We need to do that. We need, there was a guy one time that uh, he was on his deathbed almost, I guess you could say. And anyway, he calls for the new preacher in town to come by his house. His daughter goes to get the preacher. And the, uh, the thing is, he would come by his house most every day to visit him. And every day, he had this chair next to his bedside. This old man did. Anyway, he had the chair next to his bedside. And the pastor started to sit down in it. And he says, no, don't sit on that chair. Sit on this one over here. He says, why can't I sit in this one? He says, that's where Jesus is sitting. And he says, I don't want anybody sitting there. Me and Jesus is in fellowship. We've been talking. And so anyways, the pastor visits with him each day for, I don't know, it's two or three months or two or three weeks. I don't remember now for sure. But anyways, after one day he comes down to the house to visit him again. He gets there. The daughter's crying her eyes out. And uh, the pastor asks, what's wrong? And she says, come with me. And she takes him into the man's bedroom where he had always come to visit him. And he's sitting, he's laying there, half bent over with his head in the chair that Jesus is supposed to be sitting in. And his, he was passed away. And the pastor looked at it and realized that that symbolized he had gone to be with Jesus. You see, we need to understand that Jesus has to have supreme spot in our life. Nothing can take his place. Not my golf, not anything y'all got going on, no fishing, no bowling, no anything. If that is more important to you than the Lord is, guess what? You're, it's a sad situation in your life because that would be an idol. Yeah, I would be making golf an idol 
if I spend more time with it, it with doing it than I do with the Lord. And I don't want to do that. And what I'm saying to us today is this, folks, that we've got to be sure that we're spending a quality amount of time with God every day, with the Lord Jesus Christ every day, seeking his face, seeking his presence. And when we do, He's going to be able to minister to us in the way that he wants to, just like he's about to with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, it goes on to say in verse number 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house and in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. You know, it's sad when people sit in judgment of one another. They say, well, well, and the reason, though, why he's doing this is it's coming about to become evident in verse number 10. It's going to be in verses 9 and 10, actually. It's going to become very evident here in just a moment as to why he was going into Zacchaeus' house to sit down and eat dinner with him or whatever it was. Or if it was mainly, it might have even just been for Jesus to talk to him. I believe a conversation took place in this man's life. I believe that he and Jesus spoke and that Jesus said some very important and spiritual things to him. It doesn't say that that's what happened, but I believe that's what happened. And you know what? We need to be the, the same way. We need to listen to Jesus when he comes in to visit with us, when he comes to talk to us, when he comes to minister to us. We need to be willing to listen to what he's got to say. Like I said, we're going to find out now in verse number 8 something very key. It says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. You know, four times means 80%. In other words, I'll, say I stole $20 from you, I would give you $20 plus another $80, and that would make $100, because that's what he was doing. But you know what? The law only required him to do 20%. A fifth. Give him back what he stole plus 20% of the value of what you stole. That's restitution according to the Old Testament. But according to this, Zacchaeus is willing to give them 80%, not just 20. And we need to understanding, understand tonight, folks, that it says that he will give them back four times as much. In other words, give what he took from them that wasn't right, and then add to that another 80%. And, then, and that is proof, folks, that whatever Jesus and him talked about, whatever that was done that day when Jesus came to visit Zacchaeus in his home, something had to have drastically happened to have changed this man's life. And it shows it in his actions. And so therefore we need to understand there's going to be a change in us. When Jesus has truly made an impact in our life, there will be a change in us. A mighty change. 
A great change, praise God. It may be slow in coming, and what I mean by that is, you may not change by leaps and bounds, but there will be a change in you, and over time, you will definitely, most definitely, not be the same person you were when you encountered Jesus. Because Jesus is going to change you. Let me say that again. Jesus is going to change you. We need to be looking for that today. We need to be asking the Lord to change us. That's what the Word of God is actually supposed to be doing tonight, is changing us. It's supposed to improve our life. It's supposed to take what we are and make us better. And make us more of a with a servant's heart towards the Lord and others. And I'm here to tell you tonight, folks, that I'm not going to disappoint the Lord. I'm not going to disappoint Jesus. I'm letting this word sink into my spirit and change me. And tomorrow I'm going to be more of a different person than I am even today. And I believe you will be as well if you'll take it to heart. If you'll act on it. If you'll let it sink in and soak in and do what God wants it to do, which is to change your life. Praise God. And then it says in verse 9, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Now, one, he, he might very well have been a, a Israelite. And, you know, that made, made him an automatic physical descendant of Abraham. But you know what? I think he's not talking about that so much as he is talking about a spiritual. In other words, he was. It's there's a spiritual change that has taken place in him that has proven him to be a true son of Abraham. In other words, the faith has entered his heart. Faith. And that's... The Bible talks about how that faith is shows us to be the offspring of Abraham. And so that's what's taking place. His life has now turned upside down and inside out, and he has changed from the, from, from the glory to glory and from good to good and, and better to better. His life has been turned upside down, and he's now considered to be, by Jesus Christ himself, to be a true son of Abraham. In other words, he's a, he's a real Christian now. And then in verse 10 it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. That's why Jesus came. And you know what? His mission has not changed. He's, he's physically no longer here. Hasn't been for over 2,000 years. He's been in heaven preparing mansions for us to live in when we get there, those of us that are Christians. And you know what? I am so glad that I'm a true son of Abraham, a spiritual son of Abraham, one that has their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, just like Zacchaeus has now, has now done. And the fact that he's given me a mission. The Lord has given me a mission. Not just to be a pastor of a church. 
Not just to fulfill that call on my life that he's given me. But he's also given me a command to seek and save the lost. Where did you do that, folks? We can't do it if we're sitting at arm's length from the sinners. Let me say that again. We can't do it if we're sitting at arm's length from the sinners. We've got to involve ourselves in their life in some way. Not in a sinful manner. I'm not saying that. I'm not going into a beer joint and talk to the people in there drinking, trying to save their soul. There was guys at the Bible college that I went to who actually did that. They decided they would go into the bar and, and try to talk to them about Jesus and win them to the Lord. I don't know that they ever had one single conversion. <coughs> but what I am saying is, maybe, maybe you could talk them into a golf game. Maybe you could talk, talk them into a fishing trip. Maybe you can talk them into a shopping spot. Maybe you can talk them into something else, movie night. Maybe you can talk them in, as long as it's a good Christian, clean movie, go for it. Anyways, what I'm saying is that there's a lot of other ways that you can involve yourself in a person's life without having to do so in a sinful manner. And Jesus never did that. Even when he sat with the publicans and the tax collectors, even when he sat with the sinners, he never once sat there and drank with them, caroused with them, cussed with them, told dirty jokes with them. He never did any of that stuff. All he did was sit down and have a meal with them and talk to them about himself and about salvation. And that's what we need to do, folks. In order to win somebody to Jesus, what we've got to do is we've got to involve ourselves in their life and we've got to do it in such a manner that it shows that we care about them, that we love them, and we want, want the very best for them. And when we do that, they're going to take notice of that. And that's how you're going to end up earning the right, because you've got to earn the right to be heard about Jesus in their life. You've got to show them that you care about them and that Jesus cares about them. And when you have accomplished that, then you can begin to talk to them about Jesus. And when you do, that's how you win people to the Lord, people, is you do it one by one. There was a soul winning class that I taught at another church I pastored at in LaGrange. It was called One by One. W-O-N by O-N-E. In other words, you do it through personal relationships. And because then, when you have gotten into their life in that manner that, and doing things with them and so forth and so on, they're going to be able to see Jesus in you on a daily basis or maybe every other day or whatever the case may be. But anyways, they're going to see Jesus in you. And when you've proven to them that you care about them, that you love them and the Lord loves them, then you're going to earn the right to talk to them about Jesus and about salvation. And so I'm encouraging you to do what I'm asking you to do tonight. Find a way to get into people's hearts and lives. Find somebody who needs Jesus and begin to work on that individual. Whatever it's going to take, except for simple behavior, you need to do something to enter into that person's area of life.
You know, Paul made this statement, and then I'm getting ready to close out. Paul made this statement one time. He says, to the Greeks, I mean, to the people of the law, I became with the one of the law. To the to those that without the law, except for without law of Christ, I became without law except for the law with Christ. And to those, in other words, he began giving a list of who he became like in order to reach them for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to infiltrate the culture and the society that we live in in a godly manner, in a godly way. And when we do, they're going to see Jesus in us. And we're going to be able to minister to them. And, and it's going to be a powerful kind of a, a relationship that we have with that individual or those individuals. Maybe the whole family, I don't know. But I do know that I have somebody in mind that I want to try and begin talk with and get with and talk. And maybe they're already a Christian. I don't know. Because I don't know this individual. But I told my wife to give them my phone number and have them call me so we can set up a golf date. Because me and this individual, we actually got on the golf course the other day and we walked for about two or three holes together. And it was a brief time, but then something happened. I don't remember what exactly. But anyways, it didn't extend past that. But we at least met and told each other who we are and that kind of thing and, and told a little bit about our lives and what we do for a living and that kind of stuff. This individual that I'm talking about works at the school, the same school that my wife does at the high school. And he's going to be a teacher. And so I'm going to meet with trying to get with this gentleman and make sure whether he knows the Lord or not. And if he does, that's great. I've forged ahead with a good relationship with another Christian. But if he doesn't know Jesus, then I'm doing what I'm talking about to you to do. You see where I'm coming from, I hope. I, I don't see any heads shaking. All right, I see one. But anyways, we need to meet people where they're at and take them to where God wants them to be. Just like we do with the Lord. He takes us where we want to be. He wants us to be. And he does it by spending time with us and fellowshipping with us. Let's pray. In the mighty name of Jesus tonight, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's gone forth in the spirit that it was given. Lord, I am a life that was changed. Their lives, Marvin's life, Lawrence's life, Kaylin's life, David's life, Cindy's life, my wife's life, my daughter's life. We've all been changed by the Lord Jesus Christ, our leader, and myself as well. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have been changed for your kingdom, for your glory, honor, and praise. And Lord, help us, each one, this week, to find somebody that we believe that needs Jesus or could need Jesus, and begin to infiltrate their life, and be, begin to take an interest in them, to begin to do what we can to involve ourselves with their life, so that we can be a witness for you, one by one, Lord. 
And Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you're going to help us to accomplish this. In Jesus' name. You can either stay where you're at or you can come to the altar tonight. But I want us to spend at least a few minutes seeking God's face and seeking him and asking him, is there cer certain individual you want me to try to minister to, try to win to Jesus? Is that, I would like for us to do that. You can stay in your seat and do it, or you can come up here and you know what the 